people who have worked for Canada, who therefore absolutely have the right to come to Canada, should be getting on those planes as quickly as possible. So that is the finance minister, Krista Freeland, uh, and she is right. These Afghan interpreters should be getting on planes. The problem is they can't, thanks to what looks like a bureaucratic mess that's been rolled out. And that is in you know no way helping these people. And the Trudeau government announced last week it was fast-tracking the settlement of these Afghan interpreters. But what we're hearing from both these interpreters and Canadian vets trying to get them out of there is that the immigration departments made this process to resettle them absolutely impossible. And the main issue is that government officials have given them just 72 hours to get all the paperwork and applications filled out. And they want documents proving, you know, things like their address and proof that they're under the direct threat of the Taliban. Problem is that a number of these interpreters have had either their homes destroyed or the Taliban have taken them, which means they can't go and get the necessary documents they need. And they're also saying there's no clarity on application forms of how they get their extended family members into Canada or prove that they're under the direct threat of Taliban because apparently the Taliban doesn't announce, you know, who they're going to kill or go after. Odd that. Corey Shelson is a retired captain in the Canadian Armed Forces, president of 44 North Digital Marketing. He's also a part of this grassroots effort put forward by Canadian vets who are helping interpreters get to Canada. It's called Not Left Behind. Good to have you, Captain. Thanks for having me. Um, how do you characterize? I mean, I think there was a lot of, of hope that the government was moving um, on, on this thing. And, and to me, I thought, OK, well, this is convenient uh, in, in time for an election. But how do you characterize what's uh, what's happening here? It's funny. I just finished an interview and uh, the way I described it was Bush League. And okay. this is a this is a second rate attempt that is culturally and situationally insensitive. You can think about it like playing the Stanley Cup playoffs and we're, we put our fourth line on the ice. And when I say the fourth line, I mean the people in the immigration office that drafted this email and sent it out to these, uh, you know, people who are, you know, basically hanging on for their lives. Uh, bureaucracy and red tape at its finest. And in right. no way does this resemble the flexible and inclusive program that was announced on Friday. Yeah. And, and, and you use the term Bush League. I mean, you, you, I mean, I think people have to remember, including this government, these people basically are in the bush. It's not like they're in Toronto or an urban center where they can go off to, you know, one of these facilities and say, here, I need this document. I need that document. I mean, some of these people are in the middle of nowhere and they just don't have access to things in this kind of timely manner. And so what kind of help is being offered? I mean, as I understand it, they need 10 different documents scanned uh, by Adobe Acrobat in a country that has these low literacy rates and the patchy internet service. And so what kind of assistance are they getting? And, and what is the deadline for them to get this done? So a few questions there. The deadline apparently doesn't exist anymore. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So uh, yesterday the email went out to all of the Afghan interpreters. And when I say all, I mean a bunch of them, but a whole bunch of others received nothing. I am connected with a handful of them. And so they immediately forwarded it to me and said, what that, what the heck's going on here? And uh, our group of collective veterans and concerned citizens started reaching out to the media saying, hey, what the heck here? And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, the government announced, hey, by the way, the 72 hour thing, yeah, it was more to create urgency, but we're going to be you know, we're not going to hold them to it. Okay, well, that's a pretty big point here. And 
Uh, I guess my question is, where were the checks and balances in the immigration office before this email went went out? Like, we've had some pretty smart guys that were sitting on on you know on the podium there on Friday. You've got an astronaut. Uh, who else did we have? Uh, an intelligence Marco officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, an intelligence officer, hard to say, Jan, who served with these people. Mm-hmm. These are smart individuals. I don't think they would have signed off on this email as it went out. Uh, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, which suggests that this was hastily put together. Absolutely. And that concerns me, given it took them 15 days to respond to the open letter that General Frazier, Milner and Thompson drafted. So a total of 19 days passed between the time that the open letter was sent and the time that this uh, announcement or this email went out to these interpreters. So let's call it almost three weeks. Mm-hmm. And in three weeks, that's the best plan we could come up with. Send out a whole bunch of paperwork that are more complicated than doing your personal tax return and expect people in a country where only 13% of them have access to the internet to somehow be able to download a 200 megabyte installation <laughs> file for Adobe Acrobat Reader and then open up a bunch of forms that are in English when the majority of the people we're trying to evacuate only speak Dari or Pashto. None of the instructions were provided in Dari. None of the (laughs) instructions were provided in Pashto. And you've got these people now taking unnecessary risk to try and fill out an application form that I tried. I mean, I went through it line by line myself. It is tough. It is complicated. Yeah, and I think I think you're right to point out that Harjit Sajjan should have known first and foremost that this would have been an issue. But I get the sense they wanted this issue off the plate heading into an election because it is getting a lot more attention uh, and certainly headlines around the world. But it seems to me that the bar has been set so high that a lot of these people are going to be left behind. Well, I sure hope not. And I think this is, you know, what what am I trying to accomplish here by, you know, talking to you and continuously talking to the media I think I'm a, just another guy that thinks this just isn't right. And we're going to hold the government accountable because these are our, the people that we care about and people we served with. Right. I've got three asks. Number one, immediately the immigration office, the IRCC, as it's referred to as, needs to send revised instructions to all of the stranded Afghan interpreters to calm them down and to calm the panic. We are, mm-hmm. we are being inundated. When I say we, yeah. I mean through their own personal Facebooks and their own social media are being inundated with the panic uh, messages. That's the yeah. first thing that has to happen. Calm these people down, send them the revised instructions because guess what? Even though here in Canada, apparently the 72 hour deadline doesn't apply anymore. None of these people in Afghanistan know that yeah. unless, unless guys like me have, you know, flipped them a WhatsApp message and saying like, Hey dude, don't worry about it. The 72 hour deadline doesn't matter. Okay, right, so which means they might be going into territory, trying to rush around to get this stuff, putting themselves, um, you know, in harm's way. And and we've talked to Robin Rickards about this. And he the reason he can't talk is because he's inundated in these emails trying to get the word out on the ground to kind of relax and let's get our bearings. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is they've got to get out of this country. Time is not on their side. And so what are you guys being told to relay to them? And how is this process going to be worked out? And what's when are they coming here? Well, that that leads into my second ask, Mike. So right. the first thing I want is a clarification. The second thing I want is for the IRCC and the folks in this government to apply a little bit of common sense to what we're doing here and adopt a bit of a, a, a more of an agile evacuation plan that gets rid of this laborious paperwork 
right. and, and shifts it to let's get some planes on the ground to any of the international airports that are still open. And right now there are a handful. Let's contact the individuals that we already have the information for. There are hundreds of these families that we've known about for years that we have all their documentation on file and it's been handed to the government by the Afghan Canadian interpreters group. Contact those people, discreetly tell them to get to the airport and get them to Trenton, Ontario, where they mm -hmm. can do all, take all the time they need to do the paperwork. But it doesn't make any sense to do this while they're in safe houses and hiding from the Taliban. That's what needs to happen. A very simple evacuation, no different than what we did with the Syrians four or five years ago. Right. And that does seem to make sense. And, and we do know that Canadian officials, or we've been told that they're already on the ground. Um, but but to centralize an operation like that, as you know, Corey, that's going to take time. And so do you get the sense that, um, you know, the immigration minister and, and all of these brains are going to actually get this done? Because all they care about right now is campaigning. Well, that's, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I'm not a politician, but you know, let's call a spade a spade. I think the only thing these people care about right now is getting reelected. And it's, I wish I could swear right now it's BS. I mean, these well, are humans, humans, yeah. humans lives are at risk and screw the election, get these people evacuated or guess what? This is going to become a, this is going to be a, an election issue because mm -hmm. we're not, we're, the, the liberal government is not doing what they say they're they're doing their actions are not reflecting their words and is this the kind of government that we should be voting back in not on my books not on my watch and guess what guys like me we're going to be watching every single move and we are going to be talking to you and we're going to be advocating for these people who can't advocate for themselves well the um good thing is that they do have you guys fighting for them and in their their corner and so we'll wait and see what the fallout is as the news kind of gets out there Corey, i really appreciate your time on this i appreciate your time and thank you for bringing uh light to such an important issue and as retired captain of the canadian armed forces and president of 44 north digital marketing Corey shelson joining us they are with a grassroots group called not left behind if you want information or to help these guys out do so and call your MP demanding action now.